1: everybody welcome to another edition of gaming golf the travelers championship preview and u.s open review edition i'm jeff erickson here with jeff ritter from morning
2: read and si golf jeff how you doing how was your u.s open i'm doing well uh that was that was fun u.s open uh primetime golf is uh pretty amazing on east coast time i'm central time most of our staff yeah east Coast time but uh it's grueling on an east coast edit staff you know with the late nights right <laughs> uh, but uh I don't know. I like uh, I like a West Coast U.S. Open, and uh, I was pretty funny, you know. Torrey Pines, not really, it's not really in the pantheon of, of great U.S. Open courses, or at least it wasn't before last week. But it's two for two, you know. You can't, Dude, you can't it's take It's You yeah. can't take away what it produces. It may not be. It doesn't have this series of really majestic, memorable holes that you know you just like set your clock to, but. It's delivered to really, really great U.S. Open. So for that, I, I would say, let's go do it again in six, seven years, right? It, it reaches
1: – it also hits the very, very short list of U.S. Open courses that I've played. Uh, so therefore, <laughs> I, I already have an affinity for it because of that. Uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's an awesome course, and I love how they set it up. I think – if you look, listen to all the golfers uh, coming off the course, they're like tough but fair. They set it up well. It's possible for the USGA to not set it up well. But they did a great job doing so this time.
2: Yeah, not as much uh, player carping, which is like right. a US open tradition unto itself. But I don't know, this time, you know, it was tough. That was I mean, winning scores 600 par. There's not, you know, there were train wrecks all over the place on Sunday, which is kind of what you enjoy, you know, in a in a sick way, right? Is like you 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 like the possibility of a crack up happening at any moment at a US Open. Uh, but guys could squeeze in a few birdies too, like John Rahm at the end. I mean, he was so close. He was around the cup all day with so many putts, and then all of a sudden he drops two at the end to just grab the tournament. So uh, no, it's 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 funny that that Torrey was never. It 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 was tough, but you never felt like it was anywhere close to the edge in terms of playability. You know, tee to green. So
1: yeah, never once did you hear lost the course. You know, no. you know, you didn't hear that at any point. Uh, you know, John know, finally gets his first major, came up huge at the end, hit the birdies on 17 and 18, got really lucky on that drop with the fence. Uh, and I, that was a big, big moment in this tournament
2: to me. It was huge. Yeah. You get a little bit of luck in any uh, major champ. probably. I mean, to win any pro golf tournament, all these guys are so good and, you know, more often than not you're talking about a one shot victory so where you can save one shot in any number of ways but that drop was huge and just really i mean he made two side one you know two big bending putts the last two holes that you know he how many times did he burn the edge in the final round leading up to that it felt it felt like he had five That's or true. six that were you were just like oh you know if that had dropped and it just misses and then all of a sudden he gets two to go, and uh, you know, and flips the script. And Louis Oostheisen is watching this all in front of <sighs> him. Un- the horror unfold in front of him. And uh, poor Louis. Him poor up.
1: Louis. I feel yeah. so bad for him. He played so well. Uh, ugh, so he did.
2: It, it's sort of. I don't know. He he was great. And I mean, it, you know, if Rom doesn't make those two putts, and Louis somehow keeps the wheels on and wins by one, we'd all say what a deserving win. You know, to hold up under that, but. At the same time, somebody who's been runner up that often in majors, you kind of saw it at the end there. You know, I mean, the, the mistakes that he made were bad mistakes that just took him out of a chance to make that one birdie, just to give him a chance to make one birdie, you know, just, yep. and, you know, with that, his tee to Great Green game is generally, you know, among the top shelf on the PGA Tour. So for him to just kind of lose the plot with tee shots at the end like that was. That was nerves. That was the pressure. Yeah, seventeen.
1: So. And it, it, it happened at the uh the team tournament in New Orleans where he sna- you know hit that slice <laughs> into the water in the playoffs. Right. I mean that's
2: right. Yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So well
1: he's on my he's on our t- my, my team in our league. So of course I remember all these transgressions, but uh <laughs> I mean then he and then again, I haven't had a win in that league. I've had like three seconds, including at the PGA in the Open with Louis. But yeah, uh, you know, and, and and that it's only Louis, by the way. You know, DJ is falling apart on Sundays now. It's just it's tough to watch. But again, uh, you know, Rom passed DJ as a world number one, and he's been the better player for a while now, too.
2: Yes, he has, and I, I mean, I have to say, I, I sort of, I, I was shorting John Rom after the Memorial thing. I thought. Maybe just too much coming off of there. Just I mean, you were looking at a Sunday cruise control victory and then you're withdrawn from the event. You spend Mm -hmm. X amount of days in quarantine. Uh, I would assume in the state of Ohio. I can't imagine how horrible it would be to spend extra time in Ohio that you didn't have planned previously. So I just thought I just thought your Michigan comment there. I just yeah, I'm gonna get one in per show. Um I just thought there was maybe too much going on, you know, with him going into that event and uh I've been proven wrong. Uh, He's tough. And it's just like, he's tough. He's one of those guys that, you know, it was for a lot of the early part of his career, it was about controlling that anger. He let you see so much of just the flashes of the temper and the, the aggression. But at the same time, there's something about him though, like, like channeled properly. He has no give up, you know, he's a guy who's just going to, he's just going to fight through everything. And you kind of look at, not, I mean, these are go- golfers I like, but look at Rory McElroy, Look at Bryson. Like, like, you know what happened to those guys on Sunday? Not that they gave up, but they're just—I don't know. Things sucked the air like, out of their balloon, though. Totally. Thing, huh. Things they faced adversity and did not handle it in the same way as John Rom. Let's say, let's say it like that. Um, yep. Both those guys won majors and are proven champions as well. But there's something to be said for the guy that's that's just. Um, that just has no quit, and that's really what you need in a U.S. Open. And so for Rom, that's what I saw. Maybe that in a way that I'd never even seen before. I mean, we've all right. seen the blowups and the temper, but just it—it it was all like just channeled in there. He was so locked in because uh, you know he had all those short putts or those kind of medium length putts miss coming down the stretch until he got to those last two holes where you almost wonder who's gonna you know snap the putter you know John Rama three years ago might have like kind of right, locked right. it you know but uh but the John Ram the new dad John Ram uh <laughs> did not so I think there's ridiculous. something to
1: that I really do think there's something to that there and I, I I think you know he went through COVID uh you know losing that he didn't like blame others he didn't you know fall apart after that he easily could have snapped after that too and didn't and you know, I, I you got i think there's a newfound maturity in him and it happens uh and it's really impressive uh one other note i've been you know, scott gave me a note to talk to you about this guy and that's justin rose i, I think he knew I this was coming but uh <laughs> unfortunately that one didn't work out quite as well
2: i would say that's a fair summary of yeah. uh, of how that <laughs> works sometimes sometimes I, I i like to go off the grid a little bit or just a little bit under yin, yin where they gang. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you do that, when you when you step away from kind of the the herd, you can just get run over by you know the the caravan coming the other direction. So uh, that was that was a surprise. I didn't I didn't see that coming, and that was not a good pick. And the good news is, I don't think I could make a worse pick this week. So no, probably not. Probably not. They're- At least
1: not so stridently. How about that,
2: right? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. Well, I sort of talked myself into Rose like throughout the episode, and as Scott gave me numbers suggesting that perhaps that was not the strongest pick, I just sort of dug in, and uh, that would be, you know that's one for Scott. He had Rory, which which was certainly a better pick, but you know, that's also a frustrating way to lose your pick is have your guy play his way in on Sunday and then just sort of parachute out just, just when it starts to really get, you know, get into the fire. So,
1: so I had a DraftKings lineup with Louie, Rory, uh, Colin Morikawa, uh, and one other that, you know, I had a really good line. I had six of six, make the cut. I was like, yeah, this is really good. And still was good. I made money, but at one point I had, oh, and uh, Paul Casey also. And then they all in the back nine kind of lost the plot for a while there, except for Louie, who just kind of hung in. And uh, you can't and I, really,
2: you got to have the winner, right, in those pools if you're going to make the big money, right? I mean, you just can't. I went from winning like
1: $700 to $250. So yeah, yeah it, it dropped quite, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Big time stakes here. You know, I'm a small time <laughs> player. But uh, uh, one more thing we got, we can't uh, not talk about Bryson. I mean, this guy was winning the tournament. He, he nearly aced eight, number eight. Got to six under, and just had an epic back nine meltdown. Uh, and he didn't call it a meltdown. He's like, "I'm happy with how I played, but oh my goodness, bogey, bogey, double, and then a quad later—that's a meltdown."
2: Yeah, I, the way he described it was was interesting. Where he said that he felt like he had gotten a lot of good breaks for three and a half rounds. Is he just hit? You know, his strategy was clearly hit it, go get it, uh, hit it to parts unknown. Uh, get some lucky lies or find trampled down ground or just I saw it. that and comment about explore- that yeah yeah I thought that was really I thought that was fascinating for him to just say I'm just gonna hit as far as I can and just take my chances and he felt like at the end he got some tougher lies I i mean obviously shoot 44 on the back nine there's a mental thing happening there beyond just getting you know the ball buried in the rough for the first time in three and a half days you know it right. was so a so yeah, it was revealing. You know, it was revealing. And certainly, Bryson—he's—he's was he's, he's the defending champ. He might very well win another U.S. Open, but uh, that was a surprise to see him play his way up at the top and then just eject. You know, all yeah. the way, all the way, right out of it, out of it, out of the top twenty, even. Exactly. Yeah. So, what did you make of it? I, I, to me, I, to me, he's—I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised in the field this week me too but, uh, yeah
1: but he's got a great history at river highlands and so that's a good bridge let's uh, start talking about uh, tpc uh the tpc river highlands and the uh travelers championship here
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
2: Yeah, I uh, let's see. Is Bryson withdrawn? I just want to make sure. Sometimes we've, we've we've gotten burned on this a couple times on these shows on Tuesday not, afternoon. Not yet. Not yet. I don't think he will. I mean, if you yeah. look at his
1: history at this course, I mean, it's really really good. It's it's, it's really strong history. So I kind of look at it from that uh, as a starting point there with him. I and this is a you know, and, and this course as a whole, it's always right after the U.S. Open, except for last year because of the weird COVID schedule. But if you look at what he's done. T6, T8, T9, T26, T47 in his last five years there. But this course and this tournament treat their players well. The players like the course. It's a good land, soft landing after a grueling U.S. Open. Par 70 course, yep. 6,800 yards. It's not going to beat the crap out of you like Tori did lengthwise. Uh, you don't have to be a monster hitter, but obviously it's worked for Bryson here
2: too. Yeah, the only thing tough about this stop in Connecticut would be like the real estate prices. If you're looking to right. <laughs> buy nearby, that's it. Everything everything else is pretty free and easy. Uh, like you said, par 70. Um, seems to fit a certain profile. Um, it's interesting though that Bubba Watson being the all-time leader um, in Money One, I think he's won three of these before, if I'm not mistaken. And then mm-hmm. Evan Streelman seems to... This is like one of his honey holes at the same time. So you kind of yeah. get it's become this like much like Harbor town, you know, following the masters, this kind of like, like just let it out, uh, you know, free and easy. And if, if this course fits your eye, you got a pretty good shot at making money as it does Bryson, Bubba, um, and certainly DJ is defending champion. Um, you might think this could be a get right week for him also after also kind of playing his way up into contention at the U S open and, then. And then not so much. So, um, right. a, lot of, a lot of possibilities. Good field. I mean, I, I was just,
1: I was going to say that too. 156 man field, ten, five of the top 10, 11 of the top 125. Keep going deep. You can find some names you like in almost every tier.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to put the lineup together with not without picking off one of DJ Bryce and Kepka this week. Um, I think those are tempting. I suppose you could go the other way and go Cantley, but, um, I don't know. The the DeChambeau revenge tour is tempting off this top tier for me. I just the, the fact that he played his way so closely up to the top that maybe he just needed to ke- take a breath. Um certainly the course fits him well. He's probably my favorite off the off the five figure guys in DraftKings. What about you? Um, I, I think he's strong, but I think I'd rather pay
1: for ten seven for Brooks, save four hundred bucks. Uh, you know, Brooks hit the ball fine last week. He just missed a few putts, is the way I look at it. Uh, you know, you, you look at all of his, uh, you know, the shots gained metrics, things of that nature. Uh, it comes out pretty well. Uh, you know, you, you know, t- shots gained total was I think he's like third in the last twenty four rounds off the tee, approach top five. He just didn't putt, and it's like a lot of these guys. You just got to make some putts every once in a while, and I think that's going to be the case. Whereas Bryson, I mean, around the green, he can be a little shaky sometimes. And I think this is a course where they grow that rough, pretty tall uh, around the green, particularly they have smaller greens. I, I think I might fade Bryson this week um, really? and, and save a little bit of money. Uh, last week, you know, and last week it worked pretty well not having anybody in five digits, but it's tougher this week to find it, especially because it's a bigger field. But uh, you're, I, I, I think, I think, I think Kepka will be lower owned, and I think he might outplay, outplay Bryson this week. So that's my lean.
2: I just wonder if what happened to Kepka is in some ways a little more damaging than what happened to Bryson. Like this is two majors in a row now. Kepka's played his way into contention and just kind of like that, that, that invincible, you know, steely reputation he'd been building as the closer, the guy you don't want to see on Sunday of a major. Oh, it's two in a row. Just couldn't get anything to drop. Um, yeah, I mean, he played well enough. Um, I don't know. I just I think maybe that that's one player's kind of uh, reputation is too strong, which just standing in the game or status or uh, certainly you play yourself into contention every major. You can't win them all. You're going to have some, you know, that go wrong. But I'm starting to watch this with Brooks a little bit. Why aren't those putts dropping on Sunday? You know, like you said, he had he had chances and just didn't make anything. So yeah. I don't know. It's a good pick. I, I, I'm I with you. I think he'll be lesser-owned, but uh, I'll, I'll still go Bryson off this tier and take my chances with uh, get back on the ride.
3: <laughs> all right
1: plus of course you know there's always going to be the framing of the telecast brooks versus bryson if they both happen to be in contention i really want to see a round of them together i think that has
2: to happen I, and i don't want it. i feel like if it doesn't happen soon on on a tour event we're going to end up getting it as like a contrived like match you know and, and this is going to be an oh, i don't want that either i don't yeah. want i don't want that so I, I want this to just happen like in in a real you know event and and let's just Let's see and not not a Thursday now? or Friday
1: pairing either. I want them to like earn that matchup together. Like they're contending yeah. versus each other. Yeah, I think that'd be and ideal. I
2: think some of this to me it feels a little WWE. You know, I think they probably sure. they had a little moment caught on camera. Maybe they don't really like each other, but do they even really know each other? You know, it's just a little like probably locker room thing. But uh, they both leaned in. Uh, which yeah, they, sure. Uh, how well, genuine it is, I don't know, but it's fun, and I want to see more. So, <laughs> well, isn't there that like incentive
1: program to get more engagement in social media and all that? And I mean, want to talk about the yes. perfect platform for that? I mean, this
2: is uh, we. That's that's good that you brought that up because we certainly can't overlook the fact that the members of the PGA Tour are literally incentivized to create buzz and social media discussion and just kind of be part of the conversation. I mean, the tour created this program. is very clear to keep one of their most popular players at home and fend off this rival tour. So you've got Tiger, Phil, Rory safely, you know, in the nest. But they're paying eight spots, and that's five, that's five left. <laughs> and yeah. you figure there's a lot of things you could gin up if you're Brooks Kepka who's maybe not a fan favorite but can lean into the villain role and find a, you know – find an accomplice in Bryson who's much the same maybe he's you know probably he's polarizing and uh they're a good they're a good match for each other like this too and um they, they may be both compensated handsomely at season's end for for their efforts here we'll see yeah and without a
1: doubt golf is more interesting when both are playing well and when, when both these guys are contending and playing well tournaments are more interesting without a doubt
2: yeah Uh, rivalries i mean golf is good rivalries are good for golf and animosity is good for golf and even if it's a little contrived this is like the modern day you know this is what now it's a social media feud and these stupid viral clips you know that's that's what a rivalry looks like in 2021 uh then so be it we're talking about it and we're thinking about how fun it would be to just see it uh they may be right you know it is it is good for golf. We're t- it's, it's, it's fun to consider, you know, what these two would do when, uh, put together in the same group. So absolutely. All right. Uh, nothing about Brooks
1: and Brooks versus Bryson. The other two guys in this uh, five digit tier, are Patrick Cantlay and Patrick Reed, 10, four and uh, 10, 10, 000 respectively. You know, Cantlay's got good history here too. T 11, T 15, T 15, the last three tournaments, one shot of 60 as an amateur here. I mean, this is a guy that this, this course obviously fits his eye, He's in great form. Won the Memorial. He wasn't contending at the Open, but other than that, I mean, there's a lot of things going right with him, and yet there's not as much buzz about him. I, I still think he's pretty
2: darn good, darn, darn good as well, and might be lesser owned than these guys. That's a pretty good call. I, I just have this. I've mentioned it in, in past podcasts that I just tend to overlook Patrick Cantlay. I don't know yeah. why he just is always in this tier with the buzzier names and he just kind of quietly puts up the results he's he's now you know for a while it didn't seem like he was really winning enough now he's got a you know a couple big name uh, you know highlight real victories and it's just like it's time to take the next step at a, at a major but this would make sense for him too you know he he was he was around you know, contention last week, I believe. I'd have to go. Yeah. Back. I saw him on the weekend at some point. We saw him. Sh- yeah. We saw shots of him for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he made the broadcast. But uh, yeah, I would say probably lesser owned in these type of games still, right? He's probably still, you know, if you're picking off that tier, uh, tempting, tempting, Jeff, you're. You make a case,
1: um, Well, that's the whole point. I mean, that's the that's the nature of this piece. Is why we then we end up doing multiple lines because you can't afford both Kepka and Cantlay. You, you got to do, yeah. you have to choose. Um, and then Reed is the opposite of Kepka, where if he could just get off the tee a little bit better, he'd be in a lot better shape. That's the one thing. He's so good around the greens, maybe that's good for him on this course. I don't know. He's also done pretty well here.
2: Yeah, that's how what makes this event fun too. Is like if Bubba Watson's the all-time leader, and Kevin Streelman is the all-time number two. You know, right, and, uh, right. A, that that kind of that that's a revealing statistic uh, that speaks to a you know a golf course that certainly can reward the power game. Yeah, Dustin Johnson's defending champ. Bryson ha- Bryson hasn't missed a cut. Looks all those top tens you you said, but uh, the you know you can finesse your way around this place too. So it does make it it does open up. I think really the whole board in terms of daily fantasy for this week. It does.
1: It does. Let's move on to the next tier because we've been going for a while on these tougher, yeah. top, upper tier guys. Uh, Paul Casey, 9,900, and also a great track record here. Scotty Scheffler, 96. Streelman, 94. How, when's the last time you saw him at uh, 94? <laughs> yeah, this is obviously course history going here. Uh, and actually, recent form's been pretty good too. Wolf at 9,300. You didn't, you know, last chance to get a discount on him after last week. Uh, Fino 92 answer your guy at 91 Neiman at
2: 9,000 uh, what stands out to you in this tier well answer you know I mean he's local San Antonio resident like myself so I I'm, there you I'm, go I'm contractually obligated to mention him and he just he does continue to more often than not he's playing up to his price in these games uh, yeah. I, I do think Wolf is tempting you know streaky player the quirky golf swing it's going to go in and out uh, but he got a taste of it last weekend, um, playing in the last groups as he did. And I just think, I don't know, might be tempting. I, I'm tempted to jump on because uh, I think he's got the game. Uh, you know, he's, he's won events before. I just think, like you said, last maybe feels like last chance before he jumps a tier um, as he's getting back in from his uh, from his sabbatical that he took and and everything else. So I, I don't know. He's fun to root for. I, I like you know. I get I do as a As is my nature, I get sucked into narrative street sometimes with my pick. And uh, Matt Wolf is the narrative street pick uh, for me this week, and so I'm uh, I'm putting in my lineups. Made made, uh, his debut here uh, too. So didn't realize that. Yeah, Uh, there's a lot
1: of players make their pro debut here uh, Mm -hmm. just because after the open, no more, you know, no longer, no needs, no need to hold on to amateur status. So they jump right in after that college season's over too. Uh, so it's perfect timing for that. There's a guy about the guy making his debut later. We're going to talk about uh, later on. Uh, I like in this tier, I, I like answer also. I mean, I knew, I knew you would, but I also do too. We never talked Scotty Scheffler. I feel like on this and yet he's always there. He's just always there. And you know, he, he's also in that rookie, you know, same class, uh, you know, but last year didn't make the cut here. So there's no course history, but recent form is just so good with him.
2: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I put. I always chat down a few notes before we get on, but then I I leave myself open to be persuaded by your son right. and and Jen's dad when he's on the when he's on the show. Right. And I actually circled Scheffler to be my one and done pick, and I, I didn't even I just forgot to even defend him here in this. In this well, scenario. there you go. I'm I already, I already in the last hour went from making my pick to completely overlooking him. Uh, but you're right. He's just, he has never played this event. So he doesn't have the history that you can kind of like, you know, start to stitch together a case for, but he's just playing really well. And another guy that you feel like is, is just like, he's on the way up. Everything is, everything is heading the right way. Time to win one of these events. And why not now? Um, he's, he's got all this, I think he's five for five now in major championships with, uh, top 20s or top 25 something like that. I read a good stat. Just he's always around these big he's times. He's a good yeah. player. He's yeah. good. Time to win. Um I like him a lot for at at odds. I I wrote that down. scheffler uh I don't know. I'll have. I'll find it later. Oh there he is. 25 to 1. I'm yeah. all over that. Um and and why not now even even for the DFS games as well. So
1: I'm with you on that. I'm with you, I like him too. Let's move on to the next tier uh, 8,000s, 8, 8,900 for Bubba Watson. I think he's gonna be really highly owned. Uh, Brian Harmon, 8.8, 8. 8. Cam Smith, 8.7, Charlie Hoffman, your guy, 8.6, Siwoo Kim, 8.5, your other guy, Justin Rose. There
2: he is again, 84. Should have just brought him up then. Can I, can I uh, what's like the rule? How can somebody go from whatever I have to do to divorce myself from the my guy status? I'm, I'm Rose, and I would like to go through those steps, uh, whether it's here live or just afterwards, there's like a cleansing, you know, thing you have to do with, with uh, everybody or just Rose, Rose, just Rose. That was, you know, the worst pick I've,
1: there's I've, something, something bachelor joke here. Oh, yeah. but uh, I, I can't, I can't pull it off. Yeah. yeah. Russell Henley, uh, 83 Harris English you know, quietly got into the top five there at the end, 8,200. Leishman and Adam Scott, 81 and 8,000 respectively. Who catches your eye here?
2: Uh, Definitely English at 82. I mean, it's when in doubt, I think riding, trying to just grab a hot golfer when you can and just try to ride the momentum. Uh, I I would have expected that number to be higher, uh, just the way played on Sunday. Bubba, like you said, I think everyone's going to start there. Um, in fantasy lineups. I see him at 50 to 1 though on golf odds. That is tempting, uh, as just a you know, a straight bet. But I, I think for me it's English off this year. How about you?
1: I agree. Um, I think he and I, I think he's underrated. I think Harmon's another guy, although he's a little bit more expensive, is a guy I like. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not the biggest hitter, but he's accurate. Uh he just had one disastrous green on Sunday or Saturday, actually, with that four putt from like six feet. But, man, usually this guy's nails when it comes to putting. I think this is a course he probably sets up pretty well for. I, In fact, i got to look up to see what he has done to see if I that confirms my priors. Made, missed a cut last year, but T8, T6 the two previous years. So, you know, not always there. But I, I think Harmon's a sneaky guy, too. I always tend to like him. Maybe it's because I'm left-handed, even though I golf right-handed. But I, I, I always oh, – I didn't some of know that. Numbers. I
2: haven't yep. played golf yet, but I, I'm the same. I'm a lefty and I play golf righty. I didn't realize that. Is
1: that. Is it because your dad taught you?
2: Well, my dad says he just it was baseball first for me, and he says he put me on both sides of the plate and just said pick whatever feels more natural, and I picked hitting righty. So I don't, I must have been like four or five probably, and uh, that's how it happened. That was it. So golf a lot
1: easier to find right-handed clubs too.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm happy I play golf right-handed, but for baseball, I think I would have rather hit left. I I definitely would have rather hit lefty. So it was a a trade-off but I'm not yeah. playing a lot of competitive baseball these days, but so <laughs> I'm happy to be a right-handed golfer. There you go. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: So. Um, Henley obviously got a lot of airtime this weekend uh, after usually not getting so much, you know, unfortunately fell off. Uh, but you know, what do you think about him at 83?
2: I don't know. I think, I think, just the finish of Harris English at 82. I think I'd rather go for the guy who's maybe feels walks out of the U S open feeling great about himself and where he is. Mm-hmm. than the guy who's just completely devastated about, you know, his first big opportunity in a major championship and it having it just kind of blow up on it on Sunday. So right. I go, I go English, right. The, I can't believe the price. I'm banner. with
1: you on that. I, I'm also with you on that too. And uh, I mean, English, remember he also competed at the Palmetto. I mean, Struggle down the stretch on that one, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I like that. Let's move on to the next tier. Uh, there's some interesting names in this group here, the 7,000s. Uh, I'm i just going to throw some names out at you because, honestly, we could go through all of them here. I I am guaranteeing – I wrote down – Jeff will bring up one guy uh, in this, this 7,000 tier. It's a cheap guy. It's as cheap as you've ever seen him. But I'll let you bring it up. The guys I like, I like Keegan Bradley at seven nine. Also good experience here. Uh, like uh, Cameron Tringali at seven six, only negative is off the tee for me. I don't like sh- shots gained off the tee. Uh, and Emiliano Griol at seven three, you know his shots gained approach is through the roof, and I think he will be very lightly owned.
2: Yeah, Grillo, Grillo is interesting. He's uh, another guy that like the the numbers say one thing and the results say another, and so you wonder if he can just keep playing the way he is. If eventually the results catch up to the way he's. Statistically performing, right? There's a right. gap there. Um, all right, let's see. Who do you think I'm going to say? I actually don't even really see anybody that that just like leaps off the page. I guess no, right. big, big name, not big results lately. Although, kind of, if you
1: squint, you can see some good. Well, in the very recent memory, he's had a couple of good results. Did
2: not play last week. All right, be- you, you want me to bring up Ricky? Is that it? Or, and, I thought uh, you for sure you uh, were going to bring up Ricky. Yeah, I think I do think he's going to come out of this this year. I don't. It's this is going to be one of those where you're probably just going to have to be a week late. I don't know how you can just keep picking Ricky over and over based on right uh, based on the results. But I just I just think at some point he's there's too much talent there that he's just going to. I don't think he's going to go like the Hunter Mayhan route where all of a sudden you're just like. You see Hunter Mayhan today. It's like, oh now yeah, what happened to that guy? He was like the kind you of see a him on Thursday
1: sometimes. That's yeah, but it's a
2: while. I just yeah. I, I can't see Ricky in that in that vein yet. So I, I think there's a comeback lurking somewhere there. I just don't know if this is the week though. Good for pending you. fatherhood.
1: You know we'll go with that
2: angle there. And we use that. Yeah, you well. should probably try to get that win in before fatherhood because those first six months are kind of like a rock and roll ride, you know, late nights and right. uh, <laughs> right. um so anyway. Well, he probably get some uh, nanny help. I think the, the he can afford it. Yeah, afford I think it. just probably, one rocket
1: mortgage commercial will probably, take care of that.
2: Probably. But. So, yeah, I would I would watch him. I, I don't think I would put him in this week. Actually, I, I think Grillo is interesting. Yes. Um, I, I also think where uh, where'd he go? I also I, I might keep an eye on Molinari. You know, another guy that just like kind of drifted since. Ever since he splashed that ball in Rays Creek at the Masters in 2020 I know. It, 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 like, what, where did he go? Um, started playing well last week. So, I don't know. Watch out for him, too. I might, I might drop him in a lineup or two.
1: Yeah, I mean, a direct correlation too. That's the thing that's kind of wild about that one there. Um, and so, uh, any other seven thousands? Uh, you interested in Phil? You interested in Max
2: Homa? Anybody uh, jump out off the page? To you with uh, the seven thousand? I mean, Homa's a guy that he's he's flash. he seems to be a bit streaky, but um, maybe maybe tempting there. I'm probably just gonna you know take a pass on Mickelson, although it's it's fairly it's probably gonna go down as the most fun story of the year. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That I could jump back in on Phil for DFS games for a while, but um, as a straight ticket, I, I don't know what his odds are offhand. But it's always fun to just bet him and just see what happens. Uh, but I think that's it for me in this tier.
1: I'll throw a couple more names at you. Doc Redmond at seven six. Uh, he's had some decent form recently. It was T eleven uh, last year, uh, and then Chris Kirk also at seven three. You know, he hasn't played here. That's the one thing he has no course history in the last five years. Uh, but at the same time, you know, he's, he's had some pretty good rounds at courses like this in the past. Good pick.
2: Yeah. Chris Kirk. Yeah. He's been got how many years has he been around now? He's had uh, he's had a ride. Um, Yes, he has. That's a, that's a good one. I like that pick. I'm going down to the sixes though. And I'm starting to, well, it does get sparse. This does feel like one of those weeks you got almost have to like build from the middle up if you can. I've got one name in the sixes I like, but I'll, I'll listen to yours first. So, I mean, I don't know how much I like him, but I, I, I enjoyed picking him up for my fantasy team in our league just in time was K.H. Lee. Uh, he's streaky. He's an, he's an mm-hmm. all-or-nothing ticket. Uh, but the all can be a win. I mean, he, he's got a win this year. Um, and I, I don't think he – I think he missed the cut badly at the U.S. Open, but it's someone that I like. I like to toss in as a lotto ticket. I tossed him on my fantasy team as a lotto ticket, and and it hit once this year. Uh, beyond that, boy, I don't know. Maybe Wyndham Clark, maybe another guy whose stats are better than the results. Um, yeah. And uh, that's about it for me, at least on, a, on a, as I scan through this. What about you? I, I got one more, and okay. you got to keep scrolling a little farther to find yeah. him. And that's
1: it's a guy. that It's Scott Jensen's very own Vincent Whaley. Uh, Sixty four hundred. Okay. Every week, yeah. Every week he's there. He's out,
2: outperforming week. that though. He's outperforming that price. Yeah,
1: except for at the Palmetto, kind of mm-hmm. went astray there. But uh, you know, this is a guy that you know, you know he he's he's doing a lot to earn his full time status, and I think he's going to be there next year. But uh, you know, no course history again, so there's nothing to go on in terms of oh he's a horse for course. But I kind of like him as, as a, a cheapy guy. The other guy, other cheapy guy, uh, is making his debut, so we have no data on him. Really, although he is he did play a couple of corn ferry tours the last couple of weeks, and that's Austin Eckrode from Oklahoma State. Uh, big hitter, good putter. He's uh top 10 and top 15 in the two corn ferry events. And I think he cashed also in an alternate event like in the Dominican or whatever right, last year. Uh, but yeah, that, that's it. He's at 6'6. He is a you know, Oklahoma State's obviously a monster program. I think he's a he's an interesting guy. Sometimes the uh, you know, guys in their debuts really don't did you pick catch. him up yet.
2: Is, did you pick him up in our fantasy league
1: I haven't yet but I probably should
2: uh, i' I'll, I'll, I'll give you an hour uh, and then i might uh, I might make a move since you right. I'm looking for somebody this week so that's that's interesting I did not notice him yeah uh, should we go to the bets should we go to the i hear your phone ringing do you need to take that is that uh
1: no 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 it's a a car is it a car professional of me to leave the ringer on usually i leave the one in this room off but my wife also works from home and i thought she'd pick it up but i can't i'm not going to throw it the bus that's it's my fault for not turning the ringer off i usually rag on my co-host on xm chris list for not doing that not with his cell phone but uh, so. anyhow bets so if i'm going to bet on the top tier guys i'm betting on brooks at uh at one at 14 to one. I like him better than Bryson at 12 to one, better than DJ at 12 to one. If I'm going to bet on that tier at all, uh, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Patrick Reed, actually 22 to one. And nobody talks about Patrick Reed every week. He's the like, you know, unless he's cheating and then everybody talks about him, but I I like his, uh, I I like him a lot. Uh, Your guy that you don't want to get divorced from Abraham answers at 33 to one. I like that bet a lot too uh those, those are the ones that if if i were betting i'd go at maybe your harris english also i, I see him at 40 to one i like that one too
2: yeah. yep i'm uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna stay there at 40 to one i'm looking at what are you looking at are you golf odds or are you DraftKings? DraftKings. i always bounce over on like golf odds i should probably okay it. well that's good it's good to have multiple sources uh, right? on golf odds i show uh matt wolf 40 to one i'm on it uh narrative street i'm I'm driving sure. the bus. Uh, and then, thanks for reminding me about Scotty Scheffler for bringing me back in. He is twenty-five to one on golf odds. I am all over that, and I will make Scotty Scheffler my one and done, my pick to win. Uh, the last time I, you know, this week's Justin Rose pick <laughs> back in the week. Um, but I'm, this I'm, is a narrative. I'm, I think you, I think you're logical here, and I might be joining you. Yeah. So Scheffler's going to be my uh, the final the final answer. How about you? I know what I, I might go with you on that, but if I don't, I'm gonna go Harris English. So right. I'm Take with you in me. spirit either way. Take English. I, I feel it would be just better to promote this podcast later if we have two different picks. It also gives us greater odds that one of us is correct and we can, you know, impress yeah. impress the listeners that uh, you know, the show's picking winners. So there you go. There English. You go. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Cool.
1: Uh, Two narrative street guys I wanted to bring up. We haven't mentioned them yet, either for DraftKings or for bets. Guido. How can we not talk about a Guido? Guido Migliosi. Yeah. Uh, You know, backdoor top five and then, you know, playing this week. And then Mackenzie Hughes tied for the lead on Sunday and, you know, had a bad Sunday, but, you know, he had a good, you know, really great run to that point. Also shot a 60 in the first round here last year. At, at
2: the Travelers, uh, so I, didn't realize, I forgot all about that. Guido's fun. I, I mean, I, I like—I just like Harris English, you know, to try to catch the guys coming off and feeling good. Kelsey mm-hmm. Hughes, what was it, five missed cuts in a row before the US Open? Yeah,
1: which think. they reminded him every time in every <laughs> yeah. interview on NBC. It was wild. I mean, every time you missed like, the,
2: the last saying, five cuts, how do you feel? Here's he <laughs> Hughes playing the weekend for the first time in a while. Crack, you know, as he's like. Hey, yeah. man. <laughs> man. And the ball gets stuck in the tree. So I don't know. I, I'm probably off of Hughes, but fun to watch. Be, you know, another guy easy to pull for after, you know, the weekend he had. So it'd be great to see him bounce right back and be in it again on Sunday.
1: That's kind of like on the last hole. No one's ever eagled 18 to win the Open. Okay, thanks. You know, what are the odds of eagling 18 <laughs> any any tournament, let alone like this? Oh, he's a big failure for not eagling, not holding out. What are you doing, Louie? But anyways, uh you know, cr- media criticism aside, I thought that was pretty funny. All right, some good stuff there. So your winner is Scotty Shuffler. I'm gonna go Harris English to be, you know, uh, to be social here and have a second one going there. Uh, but if I'm gonna pay up, I'm paying for Brooks. Uh that would be the okay. way I'd
2: go that way. All right. If I pay up, I'm gonna go Bryson. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just forget about Sunday afternoon and uh look at the first three and a half rounds that came before it. So so kick yeah. back I'm Kick back and enjoy the rivalry. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, all right, right, that's going to
1: wrap up uh, this week. Jeff, thanks for jumping on here, and right. we'll get the voice of reason, Scott Jensen, back next week. Uh, but uh, I think we we, can't, we handled it all right for him. So, hope for everybody enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate and review. Please send us comments. We really want to know what is there. Anything else you want us to bring to the table? Let us know. And uh, with between wire Morning Read and SI Golf, we really want to promote this. Get get some traction. So, let us know what we can do for you. Thanks again for listening.